myself. Welcome to Genesis Upper Room, Deborah's Institute, which is the women's ministry. Um, I was invited by Pastor Yvonne, and um, she's not here today, but God is with her and bless her, and uh, she will come back and see through our video, right? <laughs> uh, so my name is Denise Rodriguez. I am an entrepreneur, a life coach, and a minister. So I have cards in the back, and um, I am here today with Pastor Carolyn, and uh, she is one of my good friends, and she is also one that has mentored me in the past. And um, we have partnered together today because we both have the same desire and um, passion to bring healing to God's people because we have experienced healing within ourselves from our own mindsets, from our own trauma, from our own church hurt. This topic, yes, it's not easy to discuss and bring up and share, but you know, you have to go through it and go through the process to what God is calling you to do, even when it hurts. Okay, God says we are not exempt from hurt and pain, but that he's going to give us the tools. So we're here to equip you with the tools so that you can overcome what the enemy has tried to do through his tactics. And that's all it is. It's a tactic that we can learn and we can overcome. Okay. Okay. So the topic is church hurt. It's been a three-month series, and this series is, um, I'm just going to go over like a little review over a few, um, you know, of the lessons that we've done, and then I'll let Pastor Carol take it from there. So church hurt is a thing, and sometimes church hurt causes trauma. So we're going to identify some of the trauma, okay? Can we go to the next slide? There. Okay, so what is trauma? Trauma is something that causes an emotional feeling. It can be a very intense feeling. It's a distress. And so it causes us to feel uncomfortable. It could cause us to feel unsafe. And there's different types of like trauma. So there's like torn, cut, punctured, emotional, which I said is very intense, contusions, which can be uh, sustained. Am I close? There. Okay, force, uh, which can cause a, a wound. So when we have a wound, and then it gets, like, starts to get healed, right? And then after it gets healed, then it's, it's only, like, you can see a layer of healing. And, okay, my skin is healing and when it's on your body, right? And then something happens, you bump into something, or you're washing dishes and you scrape it, it opens up again. Or you fall, you hurt your knee, you, and your cut can open up. Same thing with hurt and trauma. When you have a wound and you are going through your healing and then someone else you come into contact with says something or does something again to hurt you, you're opening up that wound again. So then it's like, why do I feel that? You know? And it's like, that's just, you know what? I need to identify that. We're going to learn how to identify those wounds so we can overcome them. And also, did you know that a person who has been wounded can still function just like addicts can still function addicts can still you know there are functioning addicts that can drink that could do drugs and they can still get up and go to work and provide for their family right the same thing with um with wounds wounded people can still function and they can still go about living a normal life they can even be here up in the pulpit you know and still have wounds deep down within them that they never address okay okay Trauma. So how do we identify hurt? How do we identify trauma? Have you had experienced it personally? Um, have you been gaslighted? Have you felt invisible? Have you had PTSD, post-traumatic soul disorder? Has your soul been harmed? <laughs> have you had abandonment, disappointment from the church or from someone within the church or even in your family? Um, have you been severely controlled, manipulated, judged? Have lies or rumors been talked about you? Has your reputation been, you know, harmed? Unrealized expectations, underlooked, overutilized? Trauma is pain in her, and it is a normal part of life. Like I said, God says we will encounter hurt and pain, but then he's going to equip us with tools so that way we can overcome hurt and pain. 
Is it okay? No, it's never okay to be hurt. But these are some of the responses that we as normal human beings have when we have been hurt. Sometimes we withdraw. So, can you guys hear me okay? Do you need me to carry the mic? Okay. Sometimes we withdraw. Have you been aggressive? Have you been uh, questioning yourself? And, um, you know, is it my fault? Is it that, their fault? Have you overcompensated? Have you been justifying? These are some of the normal responses to our hurt and pain. Everyone is subject to falling short, okay? Everyone. So, however, living in this fallen and broken world, we are made complete in God, and he heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up their wounds. And we know hurt people hurt people. Next. So now we're going to examine ourselves. Now that we know what hurt is, what trauma is, you know, do I have any hurt and pain? Have I been some of those things? Have I responded? Has other people responded to me? Have I hurt others? You know, it, it's universal, right? It goes both ways. We've hurt and we've also have hurt. Okay, next. Time to heal and to deal with hurt. Okay, dealing with my hurt. So now let's look at your hurt. Who or what has wounded you? These are just some things to think about and how to identify, recognizing, you know what, it is there. When you have that uncomfortable feeling or when you have that uh, feeling in your stomach and it's uncomfortable and you feel like this is not, you know, this is not normal, that's telling you something. Holy Spirit is within you and it's giving you a guidance that this is not normal, this is not okay, and I don't like it, right? So identifying Identify the injustice. Write it down. What is it that you felt? What is it that you've experienced? What is it that you're, you're hearing from Holy Spirit? Acknowledge the hurt. Don't ignore that you're not feeling okay, but acknowledge, you know what? I'm not feeling okay. Or that wasn't okay what that person said to me. Or that's not okay what that person's asking me to do. Acknowledging it. And then identifying and validating, you know what? It's okay for me to feel hurt. It's okay for me to feel angry. It's okay for me to feel sad because you're saying this is what I experienced and I'm going to allow myself not to be a pity party, but to identify it and allow yourself to feel, you know what, I am wounded right now. Once you do that, give yourself permission to cry out to God and to grieve the loss or the hurt. And if you don't, if you bypass that, then you will, it'll come up later in unhealthy ways. And Pastor Carol will share more on that later. And it will still be uncomfortable. You cannot avoid people or hurt. It'll still come back to haunt you. Okay. Okay. So again, we know being hurt is not okay. We know hurt people hurt people. Next. Expectations. And this is why we get hurt. <laughs> Expectations. When we expect those that are equal to us, are close to us to be safe, loving people, we develop expectations. Okay, we want to um, identify with David, and David says in Psalm 55, 12 to 14, for it is not an enemy who reproaches me, then I could bear it, nor is it one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me, then I could hide from him, but it was you, a man, my equal, my companion, and my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked to the house of God in the throne. That's why it's so personal, and that's why it's so painful. So when we love in the church, it's because, like I said, we've experienced love in the church and have become part of a community, a family, and at times we do experience hurt in different measures. But nobody can destroy what God is doing and is going to do in your life, okay? God will give you wisdom and discernment to navigate through this process and something that is within us, which is Holy Spirit, is our teacher, our guide, our counselor, okay? Holy Spirit is going to walk us through these parts of healing in all measures, okay? Next is love. (laughs) Okay, so loving others, so don't Don't stray away from people and from others because love is very important. God loved us so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us, right? So we can come into relationship with him. So when we love, we're taking a risk, and it is 
hard, right? We're taking a risk, we're becoming vulnerable, we're putting our guards down, and we're just welcoming others into our personal life, right? And with that comes vulnerability and comes healing. So the more you take chances and risks of loving others, the more God is going to continue to bring healing to you. And um, so ask God, let love be my teacher. What can I learn from this pain? What can I gain from learning to love well? 2 Corinthians 1.5 says, For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. Hurt versus healing. Through your hurt, are you going to choose to hurt others? You have a decision. Are you going to choose to heal? Are you going to allow your hurt and pain to cause you to be uh, giving responses that are negative towards others and keep hurting and keep that cycle going of hurt and pain? Or are you going to choose to heal and allow God to heal you and walk you through this process of healing and then love others so that way you can continue to feel that healing come back to you and show others through your hurt, past hurt and pains that you overcome, that now you can be up here like me today sharing about, you know, hurt and pain because I've been hurt and wounded and it's not like, it never goes away. It's not something that once you just learn it, it's never going to happen again. No, it continues to happen. And the more closer you're going to come and share with other people and talk to other people, it come, tries to come back and haunt you right? I had a, a, a text the other day, and I was like, it's because I'm going to speak on Saturday. <laughs> but I was like, what do I feel, God? What am I feeling right now with this? You know? And I identified it, and I dealt with it, and I thank God because every time you deal with it, that pain, it gets dimmer and dimmer and dimmer, and God washes that away. So choose to heal and be a person that brings healing to others through your pain. So this is one that we talked about last month. Um, Pastor Maxine was here. She talked about offense and expectations. So I just wanted to uh, let you know again, offense is one of Satan's baits, right? We know that's one of the baits of Satan. And if we pick it up, consume it, and feed on it, our hearts, then we become offended. So we're going to stand on the foundation of who? God. Without a foundation connected to God, we will likely be easily offended, but we should be rooted in God and him in us that we can choose not to be shaken. So it's a choice, okay? When we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, we will be able to hear and know the truth, and the truth will what? Set us free. Okay, so now it's time to what? Shake it off, get up, stand up, and because you're going to another few more minutes after me so get up shake it up shake it off shake it off let's just shake off everything every hurt every pain every offense everything that we have held on to or we brought in or everything from the past we're just shake it off and now i'm gonna ask pastor carolyn to come up because now we are going to um we are going to uh, learn how to walk in our authentic identity. Amen. And um, Pastor Carol, I also just wanted to share what me and Pastor Carol will be doing. So, yes. like I said, she's a longtime friend of mine. And she's also has mentored me through some of her teachings, like conquering codependency and changing life uh, belief systems. And so we have uh, our own separate um, life coaching, you know, and uh, businesses. And hers is... Empowering You Now. And mine is to walk in your kingdom living by design, to walk in your destiny. So we are partnering up, and we've been meeting weekly. And so the beginning of next year, we are going to have conferences, uh, workshops, um, live life coaching workshops with groups of people it's open to the public we're going to do one teaching a month and then we're going to have a private facebook group and we're going to give out lessons and homework assignments to that workshop and there will be questions you know q and a's and what other stuff you want to share about that actually in a way it's discipling you yes you get one-on-one -on -one. we'll have guest speakers we'll have workshops We'll have uh, activities, 
and you get the opportunity to ask us questions and group life coaching. Mm -hmm. So uh, you will get uh, discipleship. Stay tuned for after this. She will do a group, um, a group workshop, and you'll get a piece of what we're gonna do. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Uh, good morning. It is still morning, right? I am Carolyn Robinson. I am the founder and CEO of Empowering You Now. And as Denise said earlier, I do life coaching. We conduct workshops that we've been doing, my husband and I, for over 15 years. We've done them for nonprofit organizations, we've done them in churches, and we've done them in the community. And uh, actually, we'll give you sort of a little taste of what that looks like. So I'm going to give you a little scenario, because my mission is to help you realize how the enemy keeps you trapped, okay? And you cannot be trapped and walk in your identity. Okay, so this is the scenario. Dave is my father, and Dave is not very emotional toward me. He's a great provider, but Dave just got laid off from work. So I am coming in, and I'm asking him for some money, and uh, we're going to see how well that goes over. So I'm coming in. I'm excited because my friends want me to go to the movie with them. So, Dad, Dad, uh... Can you give me 10 bucks? 10 bucks? Yeah. What in the world are you gonna do with 10 bucks? Go to the movies. My friends are outside, they're waiting for me, so come on, give me 10 bucks. Why do you always come in here and the first thing you ask me for is 10 bucks? Now look, I'm gonna tell you something. Go out and tell your friends that you're not going, okay? And tell them that you don't have time to deal with them today. And uh, maybe next time, I'll let you go. <laughs> This is my self-talk. You know what? I don't think he likes me very much. <laughs> I don't think he's very nice. When I get older and I get married, I'm never gonna marry somebody like him. He's not very nice. He's not a nice guy. Now this is going on in my head. This is my self-talk. I'm gonna talk more about self-talk. These are my beliefs when I'm born. Can you see that? There's a big heart with absolutely nothing in it. I come here with a blanket, clean slate. But what has happened over time, because I'm dyslexic, you know what I tell myself? Because my dad treats me the way he does, no one understands me. If they know me, they'll reject me. If I fail, it proves I'm stupid. Can't trust men. If I don't do what they ask, they will leave me. I am what I am. I cannot change. If I stay quiet, they won't know I'm stupid. If I'm afraid, I'll fail. I'm afraid if I'm successful, it won't last. I can't share my feelings with others. They will judge me. Put on that happy face, even when I'm hurting. If I'm perfect, God will accept me. You know what? I'm ashamed because I got to go out there and tell my friends my father's a jerk. <laughs> and I'm afraid they're going to kick me to the curb too because I can't do what they want me to do. Now, what if I told you this was my life? And you know what? I take these beliefs everywhere I go. And you know what else I do? I gravitate to people with similar beliefs. You wonder why you get hurt in different places? Because you're gravitating to people with the same beliefs you got. Why? It's called a familiar spirit. 
So you gravitate to them, and then you wonder why you're performing and you got to do all this stuff to keep them in, because they're just as unhealthy as you are. You can take that now, huh? And uh, that, that's what I want to do. This is how the enemy, and the, and the sad part is, you bring all that into the kingdom of God. That broken heart, those distorted beliefs, you brought them right in with you. You carrying them around. You rehearse them. You know, the people, my dad, he don't have to tell me that crazy stuff anymore. I tell it to myself. I'm stupid. I can't do this. And do you know who you agree with? The enemy. You will never walk in your identity as long as you are agreeing with the enemy. My slideshow. Everything starts with your thinking. What kind of mindset do you have? Do you have that negative thinking or are you a positive person? What kind of mindset do you have? Well, you know, when you came into the kingdom, you might have had a fixed mindset. I can't do it. I'm not smart enough. I'm stupid. I'm whatever, right? That was me. Uh, you guys get to see my life on video here. It's playing out for you. But Romans 12, 2 tells you, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, the thing is, we have to begin to Renew our mind. We have to get in the word. And you know what I learned? Don't personalize this as me, okay? Christians are lazy. We want everybody to do things for us. We want somebody to come and lay hands on us so we can get healed. We want somebody to prophesy over us so we can get what we want. But we're not willing to do the footwork. Well, I'm here to tell you, if you don't do the footwork, you're not going to get the results you want. You wonder why people can overcome major obstacles and stand up here and do what they do is because they were willing to do the footwork. They were willing to meditate on God's word. They were willing to take that word and apply it to their lives regardless of how they felt. Do you know God is not moved by your emotions? He's moved by your obedience. He's moved by your obedience. And then uh, Philippians 4, 8, God is so concerned about what you think. Guess what? He tells you what to think about. That's how important your thinking is. Don't get it twisted. Your thinking is very important because your thinking will eventually be words that come out of your mouth. And what does he say about your words? Your words have the power of life and death. That's how powerful it is. But it starts with a thought. So he tells you what to think on. Philippians 4.8 tells you to meditate on these things. He said, finally, brethren, whatsoever is good, true, whatsoever is noteworthy, whatsoever is praiseworthy, pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. He don't tell you to meditate on what John did to you. He don't tell you to meditate on what the system is doing out here. He didn't tell you to meditate on any of that. He told you to meditate on what the word of God says. What does God say? Because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. He didn't say, tell him how you feel. You quote his word back to him. Lord, your word says, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. He didn't say, come and complain. He said, let the sick say, I'm healed. Aligning your word up with what he says. You have to do that if you're going to walk in the victory. And then if you go on to 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, it tells you, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not fleshly, they're not soulish, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Your stronghold is a mindset. It's a pattern of thinking. That's the stronghold that you got to overcome. And if you don't overcome that stronghold, then you know what? You will not fulfill the purpose for which God put you here on planet Earth. And uh, casting down, he tells you, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity into the obedience of Christ. Every thought that comes to you is not from the Lord, even though we might think it is. The enemy can drop a thought. What he cannot do is make you meditate on it. You choose to think on a thought. And that's what I'm going to teach you today. You've got to break agreement with the lie. 
Satan is a liar and the father of lies. But you know what? He convinced us so many times of his lies. And we go around, and you know what you do? You agree with the devil. You know what the Lord told me? He says, when an event happened in our lives, and we got the word of God, and we got the enemy, we decide what we're going to believe and what we're going to do. And you know what else? You are either agreeing with the Lord, or you are in agreement with the devil. And either way, you get what you say. So if you're wondering why you're still going through the same challenges you've been going through since 1982, it's because you are agreeing with the enemy. You are agreeing with the enemy. You've got to break agreements with the lie. Because that's, remember, that's the stronghold. That's what the enemy uses. His tactics don't change. He's a liar and the father of lies. And his mission is to kill, steal, and destroy. So we have to realize that. We're going to have to go from this negative thinking to quoting the word of God. We got to say what he's saying. I don't care how you feel. Your feelings are irrelevant. God's word supersedes how you feel. So we got to say what God says. And we got to walk in obedience too. Next slide. Okay, so let's look at the architecture of the brain. On your, most, people, most of us think we make our decisions from our conscious brain. We don't. Let me just help you. Okay, your logic and reasoning, that's where your conscious is. Your short-term memory is there. Your will, your attention, your focus is there. Your five senses are there. Your conscious is there. Single tasking is there. But if you look at your subconscious mind or your heart, that's where your emotions are. Long-term memory is there. Your beliefs are there, along with your mindset, your attitudes, your habits, your reflex, your self-image, your multitasking is all there. And what happens is, all over here on the conscious side, something happens. It goes right into your short-term memory, okay? The event that we saw earlier in the skit. It happened. I got hurt. I got disappointed. But the things that I'm telling myself, I'm rehearsing. So with repetition, it goes over into the long-term memory. And that's where your beliefs are. Did you know that you don't do things that you don't believe you can, that are going to, uh, let me ask you this. How many of you checked out that chair before you sat in it? Well, I need to make sure this chair going to hold me up. Steady. No, you believe that that chair was going to hold you up. Otherwise, you wouldn't have sat in it. You'd be standing in the back. So everything you do comes from a belief system. So it's really important for us to identify. The sad part is, and I'm, I'm preaching my own life, okay? The sad part is most of the times we don't know what the beliefs are. We don't know what they are. Next slide. So how do we get our beliefs how they form? Look at the first one. Your habit of thinking about you. What do you say about you? In, in some of my workshops, I actually um, bring a mirror in and have people look in it. Who do you see in that mirror? And a lot of people cannot look in the mirror because they don't like the person looking back because of past traumas. And most of the times, it, it's things that was done to them or us that we personalize and we assume that we're bad or we're not good enough or we're inferior or we, we're flawed or whatever. But the bottom line is, God says that you're beautifully and wonderfully made. God says you're made in the image of him. And then, remember, zero to seven is formative years. That's when we do not have the capacity to reason that mom is saying this because she's having a bad day. So we just believe that, well, maybe I am stupid, or maybe I am this, or maybe I am that. And it stores in many different sources. You can get it from strangers, family, and friends. And then you are the biggest contributor to your own belief system. And it goes back to your self-talk. 80% of your self-talk, according to statistics, becomes your reality. You're sitting in it. You're sitting in your, what you believe or what you say about you, you're actually doing it. And I know that's true for me because uh, I am dyslexic. And uh, uh, it did impact me for many, many years of my life because I felt like I was stupid. My parents never told me because I never told them because I was afraid they was gonna confirm that I was stupid, so I didn't tell them. So that was because I, I 
I guess I was like seven or eight when I realized something was wrong. And um, that was my belief bucket. It prevented me from going off to college, even though I graduated at the top of my high school class. I graduated at the top. Why? Because I was a human doing, because I did not want others to know that I was stupid. So I was always studying, always trying to make sure I got the best grades, a human doing. Okay, so this is what I want you to understand. Your belief drives your habits, the things that you will or will not do. Your habits. And for many of you, negative thinking is a habit. It is a habit, which means you're going to have to retrain your brain. You're, you have trained your brain to be negative. And you're going to have to retrain it, which means it's going to be a transition, and you're going to have to do it intentionally. But remember, God says you can do all things through him. So you have to know that you can do this. Your attitude, how many... People, you've heard people say, well, that's just the way I am. No, it's not. It's the way you believe. It's your belief. Your comfort zone, the people you choose to hang out with. Well, I can't go over there with them. I don't think I'll fit in. I have to stay over here. Nobody's going to like me over there. Your comfort zone, so you stay in with the people, those individuals. Next slide. Okay, now... This is what I want you to do. When I go through these, if, you, if some of these resonate with you, we're going to have to nail these distorted beliefs to the cross, okay? Uh, the first one, I don't deserve anything good. I'm not worthy. I'm unlovable. Nothing good ever happens to me. I'm not good enough. I can't do anything right. No one will accept me. I'm stupid. Uh, I don't fit in anywhere. I will never find a good relationship. I can't depend on anyone. And so what happens is when you come into the kingdom of God, you bring all these distorted beliefs. And you know what? You actually filter them through your distorted beliefs. You read the Bible through it. Yeah, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Mary, can you lend me $200? Can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? Or, you know what, I got to work overtime to get this done. Why? Because you're supposed to be trusting in the Lord, but you're trusting in your own abilities because the belief is you can't even trust him. So we walk around with life with these blinders on. We see the world through them. We see our future through them. We see God through them. We see everything through these, these lens. And that's not what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. He wants us to have clear lens where we can see clearly. Next slide. Now, what does God say about you? This is what he says about you. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. You're new. Now, let me tell you a little secret. I'm going to tell you a lot of secrets today, okay? That's your spirit, man. Your soul is jacked up. <laughs> your soul got all them distorted beliefs in it. That's why it tells you to renew your mind. That's why it tells you to meditate on his word. That's why he tells you what to think about. But you got to get in the Bible in order to know what he's saying and what he's telling you to do. John 1.12 tells us, but as many as receive him, to them he gave the right to become what? Children. You're a child of the most high God. How much pride should we walk around in? We should be so, hey, do you know who my daddy is? My daddy will beat up your daddy. That's my daddy. And then 1 Peter 2.9 says, you're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're a special people. That's what he says about you. That's exactly what he says about you. And then he even go on to tell you in 2 Corinthians 2.16 that you got the mind of Christ. 
Remember, that's your spirit, not your soul. Ephesians 1, 4 said, you are chosen, and you was chosen before the foundation of the earth. He chose you that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. You were chosen even before the foundation of the earth, even before you came down here, even before you went through your trauma, even while you was going through your trauma, you were still chosen. You were chosen for such a time as this to do great and mighty exploits in the kingdom of God. You know what else he says about you? In 2 Corinthians 5.20, you're an ambassador to Christ. You know what that means? You can't be saying what you, your distorted belief says. You got to say what God says because your word is supposed to be aligned to what he's saying. You're an ambassador. Total in alignment. Ephesians 2.10 says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. Which means you have to know who you are. We got to identify these distorted beliefs and nail them to the cross. We have to. Next slide. So, what distorted beliefs are preventing you from achieving your goals? Is it perfectionism? That was one of mine. I must never fail or make a mistake. When you have that, guess what? You don't take healthy risk. You're not going to do it because if you fail, that means something's wrong with you. Which Remember, all these are lies. These are lies from the enemy. So uh, making mistakes, you can learn more from making a mistake than you can from doing it right the first time. I worked over 18 years at Hewlett-Packard and in R&D. They learned more from the things that didn't go right than they did the things that did go right. So... Uh, and God doesn't waste anything. He even takes our mistakes. He takes our mistakes. Because otherwise, we would all be in uh, pretty bad shape. He takes, our he takes our mistakes and helps us. Achievement addiction, my self-worth depends on my intelligence, my uh, achievements, my talents, my income, my looks. You shouldn't be, com that's a competitive spirit. We're not competing against anyone. You know what? God created us an original just the way we are. He created us before the foundation of the earth to do a specific work. So he has already equipped us to, to do that. So we don't have to go around trying to figure out what somebody else is doing or not doing. All we got to do is stay in our lane. What is God telling me to do? Stay in my lane. Next slide. Um, what distorted beliefs are keeping you from developing healthy relationships? Approval addiction? I need everyone's approval to feel worthy. Well, you know what? If you get everyone's approval, you probably don't have the Lord's. You probably don't have his. Because you're seeking man. And uh, God wants you to seek his approval. Because we was created for his workmanship to do good works for him. And so it's really important for us to understand that. Love addiction. I can't feel happy and fulfilled without being loved. I'm not lovable. That's another lie. He said, even before the foundation of the earth, he chose you. What is that if it's not love? He chose you before you was even born in this, on earth. You were selected. You were chosen. Fear of rejection. If you reject me, it proves that there's something wrong with me. If I'm alone, I will feel miserable and worthless. You know what? All of us at times have dealt with rejection. But I just want you to know that you're in good company. A whole lot of people rejected Jesus. You're in good company. 
And uh, my daughter, she came up with this little slogan. And uh, because they, my kids had to deal with some rejection issues. And this was her little slogan. She says, you know what, Mom? Man's rejection is God's protection. God is protecting us from people that are not healthy enough to be in our life. So they reject us. So I'm like, that's pretty cool. I think we'll use that. So when somebody rejects you, you need to go and, and pray about it and pray for them. Because remember, you are never fighting people. The minute you start fighting people, you're fighting the wrong enemy. Your fight is not against people, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. Not against people. I mean, Jesus is our example. He didn't go around fighting people. He went around blessing people. And that's what he wants us to do. He's the example that we are to follow in our life. Next slide. Okay, what distorted beliefs are holding you back from being your authentic self? You know what? God created you an original. Nobody on planet Earth has your thumbprint. Nobody. Even if you're identical twins, they have different thumbprints. He created you an original. But how many times do we go around trying to be like somebody else? But God wants you to be your authentic self. So uh, people pleasing. I should always try to please others even if I make myself miserable in the process. You can't be your authentic self if you're always going around people pleasing. There's sometimes you have to set a boundary and realize that those individuals are not healthy enough to be in your life. And then uh, people who love each other should never argue or disagree. Well, that's not true. Uh, and you know what? You can learn a lot from disagreements. They don't always have to be negative. And dealing with conflict in a healthy way is very, very important, especially for people in the body of Christ. And uh, self-blame. The problems in my friendships or relationships is all my problems because, you know, I'm inferior. Something's wrong with me. Well, that's not what God says. He says you're beautifully and wonderfully made. He says you're made in the image of him. And then you have low frustration, tolerance. I should never be frustrated. Life should be easy. Well, we all know that's a lie. <laughs> Life isn't always easy. But you know what? God's grace is always sufficient to get us through it. You know what? There are going to be church hurts, family hurts, all kind of hurts. And it doesn't mean that life is going to be easy. But what it does mean it's mean that God's grace is sufficient to get you through it more than a conqueror. And you know what else he's doing in the process? Me and God have these little conversations. So I didn't know why I was going through all the stuff that I was going through. And so I'm, I was probably complaining. And he says, you know what, Carolyn? I am more concerned about your character than I am your comfort. I am doing this to develop godly character in you. So that didn't make me feel too good, but <laughs> it was a fact. It's like, it's, it's all about character. He's developing character. You know, you go through those hard times. He's creating perseverance. You got through it. You know, he, he is developing character that's going to stand when life shows up and challenges come. And not only that, remember, we're ambassadors. So he's developing the God kind of character that will allow us to have our words align with his words. Next slide. What distorted beliefs are fueling your depression? Hopelessness. My problems could never be solved. I could never feel truly happy or fulfilled. I am what I am. I cannot change. That's not what God says. 
He tells us to renew our minds so that we're not transformed to the world. He tells us to take these kind of thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. And then worthlessness, inferiority. I'm basically worthless, defective, and inferior to others. That's not what God says. He said, you're a child of God. He said, you're blessed in the beloved. That's it. He said, greater things what you do than Jesus did. Are we walking in that greater measure yet? Well, we're going to get there. Okay, next slide. Okay, so, and he's not my, this slide is supposed to be moving, but don't worry about it. It works. The enemy is a liar. He thought he was going to distract me by not allowing me to have my little clicker. God's teaching me how to depend on him when everything goes different. So this is it. You see those two lines, that little dotted line and the two other lines? That's your comfort zone. And you see your belief setting? Well, your performance actually goes up to that belief setting. So if you believe that you can do great and mighty exploits, guess what? You're going to do it because you believe it. However, if you don't believe it, guess what? You're not going to do it. You'll make every excuse. There is, but you're not going to do it. And what happens is you can perform above that line. See perform, the second performance up there next to your goal? You can perform there, but you can't sustain the performance. You're sabotaging to get back to the distorted belief. I worked, I worked in correction for 16 years, working with uh, inmates doing um, life skills. Best job I ever had. You know what? I saw a lot of broken lives get healed. And I had a captive audience. They couldn't go nowhere. Yes, it was. And so um, there it goes. There's my love. There we go. There you go. There you go, your belief settings. It goes up there with you. And if it goes up, if it goes down, guess what? Your belief settings, that's where you're comfortable. That's where you will probably stay until you realize who you are and you start walking in the authority God has given you. And there's your performance, and it'll actually go up to your little dotted line. But in order for you to actually get to your goal, you're going to have to change your beliefs. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about your beliefs. You've got to align your beliefs with God's word. That's the only way you're going to walk in your destiny and fulfill God's purpose on your life. Next slide. There's your performance on that line. And you can perform at that level, but you can't keep it. You go back down. You'll sabotage your own success to get there. And many of you know what I mean, right? You sabotage it because you don't believe you can do it. You go into school and you're making great, great grades, and then you decide, oh, I think I'm going to fail. So you quit school. You sabotage it to get back to that. And in order for you to achieve the goal that God has for you, you have to begin to change your distorted beliefs. You have to. That's the only way you will achieve that goal. Next slide. Okay. The seven S's for healing toxic shame. Okay. There we go. They're all there. Okay. So the first thing you got to do is you got to surrender. You see surrender way up at the top? You got to surrender. You got to surrender all those distorted beliefs. You got to surrender all those expectations. You got to surrender all that trauma. You got to surrender all those things that the enemy has used to prevent you from walking in your destiny. Then you have to start socializing. 
And that's not with people in your comfort zone. That's getting out of your comfort zone. You got to get out of your comfort zone. Do you know that you cannot grow in a comfort zone? You can't grow there. You have to get out of it to grow. And that's why God will push you out of certain situations. He's trying to get you to grow. You got to start self-disclosing. I don't, secrets keep you sick. So I don't, I don't have any. I tell everything to the right people. To the right people. I have people that I'm accountable for that I can share the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it keeps me healthy because I don't have to worry about the enemy saying, well, you know, you can't tell that. What they going to say about you? What they going to think about you? You do that, they, they're going to put you down. Oh, girl, you better. And this goes on in the church. I, I grew up in the church. I've been in the church all my life. And I didn't like church people. <laughs> they couldn't be trusted. But that's not y'all. That was my church back in Arkansas. <laughs> That's why I left Arkansas. <laughs> that was them. Okay, self-talk. Remember, 80% of what you're saying about you is going to become your reality. Do you really want all that stuff to be your reality that you've been saying to you? I don't think so. You got to love yourself. You know, the Ten Commandments can actually be rolled up into two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And then the second one, love the neighbor as yourself. Well, if you ain't got no self-love, your neighbor in trouble. <laughs> you you, you got to love yourself before you can start trying to love your neighbor. <laughs> Intimacy with Holy Spirit, you know what? If you do not have a relationship with Holy Spirit, you need to start getting one. Because remember, the Holy Spirit is a person, just like Jesus, just like the Father. The Holy Spirit is a person. He has a personality. And you know the good thing about the Holy Spirit? He lives in you. You take him everywhere you go. And that's, that's kind of scary because some of you guys, I don't know where y'all going. <laughs> but he's there. He is there. You take him everywhere you go. Did you know it's the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead? The same one living you. That's why he said greater works you would do. Why? Because it's more of us. He, it was only him with the Holy Spirit back in his day but now all of us have access to the Holy Spirit. So we need to develop an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. Next slide. Okay. I see it back there. I don't see it up here. Okay, here we go. The first thing you got to do is stop criticizing. Do you know you are your worst critic? Stop it. Stop, it. stop being self-critical. The enemy uses that. So you have to stop. When you put yourself down, it creates or reinforces distorted beliefs you have about yourself. When you praise yourself, get, develop a stronger, uh, healthier self-image. And you need to be gentle and kind and patient with yourself because this is a journey. It's not an event. You know, we want people to come lay hands on us and shamble. It's done. No, it's a journey. You still got to walk it out. It's a journey. It's not an event. And be positive. Say what the word of God says, not what you're feeling or not what you're thinking. Next slide. It says praise yourself. When you criticize yourself, it breaks down the inner soul. And praise builds, builds you up. So praise yourself as much as you can. Tell yourself how well you're doing, even with the little things in life, okay? And then support yourself. Some of us need to get a strong support group. 
get mentors, get people. Why? So that you have a strong support system. Because why do you think Jesus says we're the body of Christ? He didn't just tell you to do this by yourself. He says, no, come into the body because there's power in unity. There's power when we come together in oneness. And so be kind to yourself even when you make mistakes. Very, very important. Make sure that you're kind to yourself when you make mistakes. You take you take the consequences that comes along with that mistake, you learn from it, you move on. You don't beat yourself up. Next slide. Okay. Um, take care of your body. Why? Eat right, exercise. Why? Because who lives in here? So you need to take care of this temple. That's where he lives. That's where he resides. So we need to take care of it, which means we need to eat right. We need to exercise. We need to do those things because if we are going to walk in the anointing that God has for us, we have to have a body that's going to sustain the anointing. So we have to do our part. It's really important. And then set healthy boundaries. Really important. Set healthy boundaries because boundaries teach people how to treat you. They teach people how to treat you. And meditate on the word of God. You have to be intentional. You have to set aside quality time and be intentional uh, to spend that time with Holy Spirit and the word. Ask him. If you don't understand something, ask him. He's the greatest teacher there, there is. Ask Holy Spirit. Next slide. Okay, in order to change your distorted beliefs, you must first identify the distorted core beliefs and change them. Remember all my distorted beliefs? In order for me, in order for me to change, and, and, and this is, all that stuff there is, was my beliefs. In order for me to change them, I had to first identify them. And then... Why? Because if I don't, those core beliefs I have on these sunglasses, right? I filter myself, I filter my future, I filter others through them because of those distorted beliefs. And remember, your thoughts drive your feelings. That's why everything starts with a thought. That's why the word tells you to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Because you can take that thought captive and break agreements with it, and it's not going to cause you to get upset or depressed. Or No, that's a lie. The Word says, and you, you state the Word. And if I don't, my thoughts are going to drive those negative feelings. My negative feelings are going to drive my negative behavior. And we wonder why we just scream and holler. It starts with a thought. That's why he tells us to take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ starts with the thought. Next slide. Oh, and I like this one. This is my little confidence triangle. Walking in your identity in Christ. There are three things you need to do. You have to agree with God's word with your self-talk. You have to see yourself as God sees you with your self-image. And your values have to be in alignment with God's word. And when you do that, you will be walking in your destiny. Your self-talk, your self-image, your self-esteem. When they're all in alignment to what God says, then you can walk in your identity in Christ. Amen. And uh, these are the steps to freedom, at least that's what I call. Identify the distorted beliefs, because if you don't identify, the enemy keeps bringing it back. He keeps bringing it back. You got to identify it. Uh, and then you got to replace it with Scripture. What does the Word says? 
You got to break agreements with that lie, and you got to embrace and meditate on God's word. Amen? Okay. So, David, I, I need, I don't need that. I need you. <laughs> I need you to share what the Holy Spirit shared while you were sitting there. So, um, as my wife was teaching, I have this thing that, that God does with me, and he allows me to write down what I hear in my ear, you know, as people listen to the word that she gives. And I'm just going to tell you what I wrote down. And uh, if uh, it, anything uh, resonates or agrees with your spirit, then we pray about it, okay? Okay, the first thing I heard is that I always agree with the enemy. Now, you know, if a person is thinking like that, you know, he's, he's, he's everything that she's saying is really affecting him. And I don't know if it's a negative way or a positive way, you know. So, but anyway, that's what I heard. Okay, I need to do the footwork. Somebody said they finally realized that what they need to do is the footwork. You know, uh, you know don't just listen, you know, but do what God tells you to do. Then the third thing is, uh, it says that my, uh, it says that my obedience is always better than sacrifice, and uh, I think you realized it. You know, uh, whoever would say something like this, I believe, has been trying to be obedient. You know, and and you, and this confirmation that that uh, it's going to help you. And then the fourth thing is that Lord help me work. Uh, and get my, uh, uh, help me walk in my victory. So that's another good one. It says, Lord, help my unbelief. You know, I, I heard this three, four times. You know, I mean, it was just like, help my unbelief, you know. And I, I think I, wrote, I knew I wrote it down more than one time. It says, uh, uh, help me uh, and, and give me discernment to uh, recognize the lie. So, and, and that means that you want God to help you to hear the lie, okay? Some of you haven't been discerning to understand what the lie is, amen? Uh, number five says, uh, I mean, number six says, my self-talk uh, is 80% uh, of my belief system. Lord, is that true? It's true, <laughs> amen? <laughs> He told me to say that. It's true, you know, because somebody questioned it, you know. And that's all right to question. You know, we serve a good God. And then uh, number seven, it says, uh, your beliefs control everything you do. Then somebody said it again, Lord, help my unbelief. Amen. Uh, number eight says, uh, I mean, number nine says, help me receive everything that God says about me. You know, she had a whole list of stuff up there that God says about us. And somebody really wanted to receive that. God says that uh, you're going to receive it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. He says you're going to receive it. Okay, uh, it says I am an ambassador for Christ. Uh, yes, you are. Lord, help me stay in my lane. Amen. <laughs> that, that was a strong one, man. He said, help me stay in my lane. Oh, uh, boy. And number 10, I, uh, I mean, number 12 says, I feel miserable and worthless all the time. You know, and, and, and God says, whoever said that, that he's going to cover you with his blood. Amen. You know, from the top of your head down to the soles of your feet, that you would never feel that again. You know, you shouldn't feel that. As, as a woman of God or a man of God, you should never feel that. Uh, <clears throat> let's see, we got, uh, it says, I have a, a lot of distorted beliefs. I got that in my spirit. I have a lot of distorted beliefs. And then, I, then, then they said, thank you for your grace, you know, to get, get you out of your distorted beliefs. Amen. Amen. 
Uh, Lord, help me deal with my depression. Somebody's depressed. And he said, Lord, help me deal with my depression that I have. And I thank you for your healing. God says that you should start thanking him for your healing. Amen? You know, depression is, is, is something that, you know, that's, that's hurtful, painful thing. You know, and if you're feeling like that all the time, you know, you know God don't want you to be there because that's the enemy. The enemy is trying really to kill you. You know, he, he don't do, but he come to do three things, right? Kill, steal, and destroy. And that's what he's definitely trying to do. You know, whoever, whoever would say that, you know. Okay, I need to get you uh, uh, with, I need, to, I need to get you with, uh, uh, get you intimate with the uh, real a real connection with the Holy Spirit. That's what it says. So somebody wants to get connected with the Holy Spirit. Uh, then someone said that they, they uh, didn't like themselves that much, and they got to learn how to love themselves more. Then, they said, then I heard, uh, I need to learn how to support uh, yourself. You know, how to help yourself, you know, how to help yourself get out of situations and circumstances. You know, just don't stay, don't accept things sometime as they come to you. But ha have God help you get out of yourself. Uh, 21 says, uh, you don't want to be critical to yourself. You're going to stop being critical to yourself. And then the other one says, the Lord, help me work that uh, work to get your confidence and uh, try to help yourself be confident in him. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, uh, you know, I, I, I had other things coming, but, you know, I only wrote down what I thought was significant, you know. And uh, but but a lot of people were, were it's, it's a whole whole cosmos of thoughts that, that I, I believe that God gave me in this meeting today, you know. So did anybody resonate with anything I said here? Oh, amen. 